All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Killer Kaiju podcast. As always, it is Lucas and Josh, and we Uh, are tackling another Godzilla film. What a surprise. Imagine that. (laughs) So today, this is episode 23, the big two, three. And uh, we are tackling today Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. (laughs) A lot of you are probably... Already, space titanium yeah i mean okay we've had what space aliens spaceships there's a lot of space, space titanium and now we're getting a space godzilla because you know if regular titanium was strong and space titanium is way stronger you know space godzilla has got to be way stronger than just regular godzilla that's like the overdone thing in godzilla films you know it's cool but if it's from space you know fuck forget about it it's, it's yeah, already we'll way better maybe for the strength the quality of film eh, we'll dive into it and dissect it and we'll have our own opinions as we go through it i'm sure um as always folks if this is your first time god help you if it is (laughs) this is a commentary slash podcast so you can listen to it if you're just driving around working doing your own thing taking a dump whatever it is you do on your day to day or if you own the film or want to rent it you can watch it along with us as a commentary uh we do a countdown at the beginning of the film or we if you're watching this on youtube we have a timestamp provided so you can you know leave and come back to it if you don't have time to watch the whole movie because this one is a longer one this Godzilla film is an hour and 45 minutes yuck even for yeah. a Godzilla fan who loves Godzilla movies that's uh, getting that's over. a long guy that's, yeah. a, that's a long one I think usually the they're hour and a half far. yeah I think the longest we had was hour and 42 minutes I was like even pushing it but that was uh Biolanti I think so that was a good one so that was okay this one, I mean, we'll get into it, but uh, it's, it's it's not my favorite. I, I'd say it's probably like the lower tier of the Heisei films, and I feel like a lot of people feel that. But um, in the long term, it gave birth to some really cool characters. So without further ado, folks, we're going to dive right into this podcast and uh, start watching this film. So Godzilla versus Space Godzilla 1994, the second last in the Heisei series, will be starting in three, two, one, go! Fight! Hadouken! Hadouken! <laughs> Street Fighter makes an appearance in Godzilla. I would like that. That'd be hilarious. If he was... I mean, there was a really cool... Uh, start the timer there. There was a really cool arcade game. I believe it was for Super Nintendo. It was a Japan release. It was called uh, Godzilla Daikaiju Daikasen or something along those lines. And it was a uh, Street Fighter-esque 2D side-scrolling fighting game. And you can just kick the crap out of each other. And uh, it's pretty great. I've had the pleasure of playing it once or twice. I, I uh, demand a game that's like Smash, but you can choose any character. It's not like any character, but, you know, you'd have to like upload it or something or create it so you can make all the Godzillas and have them. And then you could like cross over from everything. That would be dope. Do you I know like, licensing uh, doesn't work like that, but it would hey, be super cool. If it's a hacked game and if it's online, you know, you can get away with it. Just call it okay, something so else. If that's a thing. Like, have, like, Freddy Krueger and just call him, like, Teddy? Yeah. Like, you could literally have, like, <laughs> Jason, horror Mason, movie people. Morty's. You could have, like, true crime people. You could have, like, Fox celebrities. Godzilla like celebrity versus, match versus Lee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's classic. So, I don't know what happened uh, with these films. Because so far, the Heisei films have had good practical effects. Hot good tub. effects over it all. This one, I think it takes a turn for the worst. But... This film I very much forgive just because it's before, right before one of the better 
Godzilla movies. So like in a way, this is just kind of like that, like annoying shit you got to go through to get in somewhere you like. You know what I mean? So like if you were waiting in line to get on like the coolest roller coaster ever, this is the line. So like you're you're sitting in line, you're looking at the coaster like, oh, I can't wait till that shit happens. But you're kind of just stuck going through it anyway. So you can see where it all goes. And then you get to the big kahuna, the big roller coaster and you get on and you're ready to go. That's kind of how I describe this film, in my own personal opinion. Um, <laughs> sure, what's well, got a dick? <laughs> exactly. So, there's a mecha in this movie, as we can tell already. It's not Mecha Godzilla, though, and uh, I think it has a lot to do with they didn't want to oversaturate it with Godzilla because if there was God Mecha Godzilla in this, it'd be Godzilla, Little Godzilla, who we got introduced to in the last one, Space yeah. Godzilla, and Mecha Godzilla. That's a lot of Godzillas for one movie. <laughs> so like a Power Rangers, uh, Zork, whatever. Yeah, I think we're called. starting to look more along the lines of like mechs and megazords. It very much looks Megazord, like a that's megazord it. of some sort. That's for sure. Um, but this actually is a creature coming back from um, a film we haven't watched here on the podcast called The Mysterians, another uh, early Toho film. And uh, it was kind of, uh, it was called Mogura, which I believe translates to mole which is why it's hmm. like an underground tunneling creature. But the old design looked really silly. Well, this one looks more cybernetic and more, uh, I would say it looks better. It doesn't look incredible, but it looks better than what it did in the Mysterians. So I, I assume we'll have to go back and watch that one. Oh yeah, we, we will for sure hit up all the old Toho movies eventually. Hey, look, it's COVID. They're in bubbles. <laughs> it's basically like going to a patio right now. It's cool. There you go. I like it. <laughs> You're in like a little bubble. So my main issue with this film, I'm going to get out of the way as we just dive into it without ruining anything. Um, it has too many plots and too many storylines that kind of are just unnecessary. So you're kind of like want to see where these things pan out and you're like, oh, that was for no reason. Oh, look at that. That was a cool idea. And it was for no reason. So that's all I'm going to so, say with that. So basically like tried to fit in like five different ideas in one movie exactly like i feel like maybe there was like a big conflict with the writing and like where they wanted to go and they can decide whose idea was better so they kind of just half-ass threw them all in but they're <laughs> good ideas part one so. i get part two and then uh you know dave gets part three and we'll come back <laughs> so here we get uh one of our reoccurring characters mickey sagusa here uh she looks a little different because she's um gotten a little older and she cut her hair off a lot shorter um i believe when she made her debut in biolanti she had longer hair and I think it got shorter every film, surprisingly. And, uh, she played the uh, the daughter, right, of the scientist? In Biolanti, she was the, the telepathic one who, like, yes. fucked okay, that's the, the Yeah, okay, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. So, essentially what they're going for here, this is, like, G-Force talking to her, saying that they have some Project T in mind, I guess, which is, like, their way of dealing with Godzilla. Mothra. And they want to okay. use one of the... This is the only shot of Mothra I think we get in this entire film. I like it. <laughs> so they're trying to explore and explain how this creature that we're going to be fighting is kind of created. Um, if you remember in Godzilla Mothra, the battle for Earth, the second last film we watched, um, at the end, Mothra did exactly that. She flew off into space and she was carrying Godzilla cells in her cells and spreading them into space as she flew up. And uh, a similar ending, <laughs> this guy's dance moves, though, <laughs> easily almost rivals, uh, was it uh, Crispin Glover 
that's his name, I believe, in uh, Friday the 13th, part four. <laughs> I've got nothing to worry about. Woo! As soon as the character says that, you know that they're going to have something to worry about soon. But they still dance better than me, my friend. Yep. So that opening scene, obviously, they were talking about Project T. That's the whole idea. They're trying to get the the ESP, the telekinesis um, students to do. But Mickey said that she doesn't want any of her students do, to do it because it would be too dangerous for them. So she's going to do it. So that's kind of that worst plot started. And here we get our second plot started where we get these two. I guess these are our uh, main protagonists of this film. Um, they're the two guys from G-Force who are sent to this island. G-Force. Essentially. The Ginyu-Force? G-Force. That's the Ginyu-Force, man. It's Dragon Ball. I mean, I think. This, oh, shit. Was it? When did Dragon Ball come out? I don't know. But I always think about the Ginyu Force. Also, it isn't an episode unless I reference Dragon Ball Z. I know, always. That was quick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All these movies have little references from different things, right? So, like, I I like picking them out. And for some reason, always makes me think of Dragon Ball. (laughs) So, depending on when uh, Dragon Ball introduced their their, their G-Force... Uh, they came out in 1984 to 1995 was the original run of Dragon Ball. And G-Force and Godzilla wasn't done until 93 because that was when they had to redo it in uh, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. So because uh-huh. the military didn't want them working with them and them being displayed as essentially kind of baddish guys and careless. They were a little pissed. You've seen Predator, right? Like the original with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, of course. And it was supposed to be... Uh... Ah, oh, Jean Van Damme, Cla- yeah. yeah, that yeah. dude, and he was—he uh, looks like a giant set. Or um, check oh. out the suit. Look up the original uh, Predator suit. It's not the same. No, yeah, no, hell no. It's so, so weird. Do you remember the scene when the guy, the scorpion, is crawling on him, and the guy's like, "Don't move," and he goes to stab him, and he stabs the scorpion. Yep, this is a direct reference from that. It's See? a spider, but. <laughs> Just showing their little mirror uh, love for American films there. So here we get kind of introduced to our quote unquote badass of the movie. Um, so this character's name is uh, Yuki. And I only know that because he'll uh, flaunt his special weapon device he uses. And he calls it the uh, the Yuki special. <laughs> Which I laugh every time he says it. It just sounds like some kind of sex thing. But it's funny. I like it. <laughs> Oh, shit. So he's the only okay. one on this island. <laughs> so the arrival of the Ginyu Force happened in 98. Okay, so G-Force was first, but obviously it's not. I would have been cool if it was like an homage to Dragon Ball, but I yeah, don't think uh, Dragon Ball maybe the opposite. G-Force, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, who knows, right? I don't know. Always maybe makes me so think of straight it, up G's. <laughs> so here comes the most like controversial part of this movie is the new design of little Godzilla because he obviously looks dramatically different from the last film. One, he's huge and he has a flatter face and he's starting to look a little more like Godzilla, but he looks cuter Ah, in this one. Weird. Yeah. And they don't really explain like what made him change. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of it had to do with the special effects director who did the suit. He had a whole plan where he wanted to do like this whole side TV series called like uh little godzilla explorers or something like that or cave journeys where you go on these underground journeys and it was gonna be like a kid's show type thing so if they were going with that i get it but that never happens so 
this design just feels very out of place because without getting too much into spoiler territory um, in the future, when you see him grow more, he looks more like the, the, the version from the prior film in Mechagodzilla 2, where he looks more like, you know, a little, little Godzilla. <laughs> baby, baby. It almost Baby makes Godzilla. me miss the stupid little Godzilla. Manila? Yes. No way. Just because it makes me laugh. This <laughs> one's just too cute where I'm like, well, I can't bitch, but it looks like it's like for a four-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> so here we get, uh, look at that. We get some American actors in this film. They aren't the best actors in the world. Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> I wish. Can you imagine? It'd be hilarious. Deadpool this is probably the the biggest embarrassment of special effects. Look at how awful this next scene is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so they're in a space station, but look how bad. Ready for this? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh. So yeah, there are these four people in a space station and it's clear as day. They're just on wires, green screened in. It's so bad. The, the, the lines on them is just clear as day. Oh, and then these, percent. I love and then how the those giant good spikes. No, terrible. Even this guy's explanation here, the all they see are giant spikes come through the ship and destroy stuff, right? Yeah. And then they say afterwards, what he says is, we've come to the conclusion that it could only be some kind of giant monster. Really, it couldn't just be an asteroid with some spikes on it falling into your space station and just automatically assumes it's a giant monster. Yeah. They've dealt with it for what fifty years at this point. They oh, know it's another not. arrival of Mothra. See, yeah, I love that. It's again. baby Mothra. It's the spirit of Mothra. Mothra, Mothra. I was at work and uh, we had a shipment come into boxes, and I opened up the box and a giant moth flew out, and we had to kill it because we sell like clothing and stuff in our store. And I was trying to summon it by singing the Mothra song, and everyone looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> Good time. Caught it. <laughs> Taking it home. New pet, right? I don't get, I mean, I get it because they're like, they really want to drive home that like Miki's on the side of Mothra and that she like has some kind of connection with the Shobajin because she wears those fucking earrings through this whole movie and it's like the Mothra symbol that's on the Shobajin's chest. And I'm like, yeah. Why though? <laughs> Is it, they never explain what the earrings do. Is it some kind of like, ample energy so she can connect with them through her telepathic link or so like if we buy those and wear them does it work for us that's what i want to know let's get on it ah now we're watching holes there you go i like this guy over here i forget his name off the top of my head but uh he just bitches the whole time about the place and he's like what are we doing why is this happening why are we here that's literally Sounds like me, me. yeah <laughs> i feel like we relate to him the most sand in his mouth and shit it sounds <laughs> terrible the worst of the worst g-force can you g-force um i think the main fall of this movie is that it was uh kensho yamashita's first directorial debut i believe uh and one and only time he ever directed he was the uh, first assistant director for terror of mechagodzilla um which is a good film but usually the assistant directors are just kind of the person who's like the bitch boy of the director. You know, they're like, do this, keep these people on track, make sure you do that. And then they go, okay. And then they go and like, stop doing this, stop doing that. Give me a coffee. Exactly. 
And then he was second assistant director for three other films and Return of Godzilla, which was the first in the Heisei series. And he directed this movie in 94 and then never touched anything else again. And I, I wonder why. Well, it came out in 94. <laughs> yeah, this is a 94 movie. The year I was born, baby. Yeah, which is, I know, I hold six Godzilla, years old. Godzilla versus Destroya, the next film. I hold it in high esteem because it was the year I was born. Oh, look at us go. So, I like that. So it's almost like uh, the end of a Godzilla month? era, the beginning of my era. So that's nice. Uh, this one? Yep. What month and day? Just curious. Um, let me just do have an exact, because uh, in Japan it's a different release date. Let me just quickly check. I love how they're just like, see, so they want to use Project T and Yuki just wants to blow him up. Yeah. So here we get the hint that Project T is some kind of controlling Godzilla. Oh, this is the good scene. Naked butt. There you go. I thought he was peeing. <laughs> no, he's having a shower. And then these guys are just awkwardly staring at him. <laughs> Mine's not that big. Uh, uh, December 10th, 1994 was the release oh, of this okay. film. Mine's November 25th, so just after. So it's almost 95, but not quite. Oh, here we go. Here we get the first shot of our antagonist of the film. I mean, we kind of saw him in the intro with that horrible CGI Shell shot. thing. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. So this character went, underwent so many div, div, like uh, different changes, and they changed the way he looked and like had different ideas of what he was going to be. Originally, he was kind of just like this crystal entity that totally morphed into Godzilla, essentially. Originally, he was called Crystal Godzilla, and they had so many different, like, um, rough drafts and draw-ups and designs of him, and some of them honestly looked a lot better than what we ended up with. I personally am a fan of his design once he lands, and I think that Space Godzilla is one of the cooler villains of the Heisei series, um, mainly for the fact that usually when we get a villain, it's usually like, oh, like, humans created it, and it's gone haywire, or... This is some alien monster being controlled by aliens. But this is the first time we ever get a villain monster that has his own intentions. Like, he's coming to Earth. He's going to enslave Godzilla, kill Godzilla, and he wants to rule this world and make it his own. Which, I mean, is honestly a very generic storyline for any other action movie or sci-fi movie. But for a Godzilla film, you never see it often that the monster wants to, like, control everybody and take over the world, like, itself. And it's not just some kind of other alien race that's doing it yeah so i find it really gives him this kind of cool almost like intimidating factor to him that he's able to just kind of come in and wreck house if he wants to ah so now we get troublemakers so miki sagusa and the other runners of project t are arriving now probably gonna bitch out yuki for being like you want to kill this bitch we need him don't you dare We've got this giant unknown force coming to Earth, and we need Godzilla to stop because we sure as hell can't. At least they're going to try. But we all know that the humans never really succeed. So Is it? <laughs> I like this one, too. So she's like the chief psychic, and they uh, try to be nice, but he almost comes off like an asshole. <laughs> he asks a genuine question. But she's all like, I don't think you'd understand. 
you only want to kill him. And he's like awkward and pulls his hand back. Cock blocked, rejected, denied. You know, everyone wants Yuki. He's the real one there. <laughs> but um, there's a kind of a cool element that kind of breeds over other films in this series. Um, just one character to keep in mind. Uh, if you remember Godzilla versus Biolanti, um, the one head of uh, the Godzilla Defense Force, he uh, talked shit to Godzilla with the rocket launcher and then yeah. got taken down in the building. Yeah, he his character kind of ties his story ties into this film a little bit. So it's something to keep in mind when watching this. At some point, it'll pop up. Oh, here we go. Get those dope helmets that look a lot less like Star Wars helmets, but now they have like now they giant look like a mask on them. Ball. Yeah, <laughs> so they look some kind of like I was thinking like they look like something out of like like Power Rangers, like a Power Ranger helmet or something. So, yeah, race car helmet or a yeah. speed racer. Speed racer, hundred percent speed racer. Jesus, Mogra is something else. <laughs> Just. And it's even funnier, too, because obviously in the Mysterians, they called him Mogura because he's like a mole. That was kind of the whole thing. But uh, in this one, his name is actually like an acronym. Like it stands for something, I believe. Right. So his name. I got to find out what his name. I, I always forget. Godzilla thing. So Mogura's uh, acronym actually stands for. Mobile Operation Godzilla Universal Expert Robot Aerotype. What the Good job? You could have just kept it as, yeah, it stands for mole. And he digs underground. <laughs> oh, like Zilla Slayer. I don't know. Yeah, something. That was cool. on better. Jesus. Instead of just taking the name and rehashing it to something else. But. I don't know. This film, like I said, it's just, it's good. It's not like it's terribly boring by any means. It's just uh, the special effects are not up to par like the last films have been. And I don't know if that's whether, like, it had a huge budget. Like, that's not the excuse. Like, not a huge budget for a movie, but, like, a huge budget for a Godzilla film. So, oh, here we go. The Yuki special. <laughs> Yeah, so it's essentially this bullet full of blood coagulant that's meant to, like, slow down Godzilla and pretty much stop his heart. That's the whole idea. Because so apparently... He's trying to be, like, a, a Jaws dude. Yeah, it, oh my god, actually. He's actually, like, Agent Brody. Just saying. Or Detective Brody. Sheriff See, Brody. look, you, you can pinpoint certain things, right? It's always neat about these movies. You can be like, this makes me think of this. Oh, yeah. Get a dirt bike, some dirt bike action. Guarantee you that was thrown in the plot because the one actor was like, yeah, I can dirt bike. They're like, oh, cool. Let's utilize that. Now it's lost, boys. <laughs> oh, here we go. That's another movie we should watch. It's a good film. Oh, clearly he can't ride the dirt bike because he can't even stop. I understand they just ditched because the tear gas was going off that they placed. So I think the whole idea was they were planting these tear gas vines. That's why they were digging the holes. So when Godzilla made landfall, it would knock him out so they could shoot him. <laughs> but little Godzilla here came and messed all that up. He's like, I'm just getting high off these fumes. <laughs> and then Yuki comes up and is like, no, what are you doing? Because <laughs> he likes the little guy. So that's the, me. the fact that Yuki likes little Godzilla 
uh, is already like a, a sign to me when I watch this saying that, well, he doesn't hate Godzilla as a monster. He must hate him for something he's done. So I like how that already kind of builds it up a bit because you start to wonder like, okay, well, if he has no problem with little Godzilla, what's his problem with regular old Godzilla? Little Godzilla is an idiot. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. yay, pretty colors <laughs> runs away. That's really funny. I don't really think you got to be scared of him right now. It's like Manila. Who the fuck would be scared of that? Oh, here we go. So here's where we kind of see Project T come into tuition. So the whole idea of Project T is that they make Miki Sagusa wear this headgear that looks a lot like Cerebro that <laughs> Professor Xavier uses in X-Men. <laughs> and ideally, they're going to hit transmitters into Godzilla so that she can send waves to him to control Godzilla. So they can use him as their asset. That just screams so many red flags. Yeah. Because if she can control Godzilla, like everyone all mad that they're going to try and uh, kill him, but you're just like, let's control him. Yeah. It's like, that's not good. Just let him sleep. That's the itch. That's, you know, that's the golden example of these movies. If you just let him be, probably wouldn't have so many issues. And you'd be just fine. Oh, yeah, here we go. Now our big boy's making landfall. There, uh, I know we haven't had it in a long time. There is some reused stock footage in this film. Um, some of it's for flashback scenes to be like, hey, this happened. But um, later on, I'll point out, there's one scene where they reuse some of the emerging water scenes and the, the boat fighting scenes from Godzilla vs. Biolanti. But I'm like, at least they reuse it from a good film. <laughs> it's enough. not just a bad film, <laughs> but it does stink of a bad habit that Toho used to use, as we are both firmly aware of in the Showa series, where they would just put a filter over something and call it a new scene or make a monster have the same beam as Ghidorah, like with Megalon, so they can reuse the destruction shots so they don't have to film it again. It just reeks of laziness. I still like that Godzilla suit. <laughs> it's awesome. Thick thighs. The Save ears, lives. the double rows of teeth. This is the Godzilla. I just love him. That's a good shot. Nice imposed shot of Godzilla there walking towards the beach. <laughs> I love this guy in the pink long sleeve. He just never wants to do anything. He never wants to be there. <laughs> it's just fucking... I feel like a lot of people relate to him because that's how they felt about this movie. Badoomts. Boom, Ooh. roasted. <laughs> No, it's it's not as bad as we're making it out to be. It's one of those films that honestly, like, you, it has good intentions going through. In the middle, you're like, what the fuck is this even ha happening? And then at the end, you're like, okay, that was all right. It's almost like they knew halfway through filming it. They're like, guys, people are losing steam. We got to correct this. We got to course correct it now. And then the ending kind of pulls through and they make something good out of it. Yuki's like, I'm ready. I'm going to blow this motherfucker sky high. Got his little detonator out. He's got his super tiny incognitous binoculars. I still want one of those Godzilla hats that they wear. <laughs> That's so awesome. The G-Force hats. So here they're going to launch this transmitter into Godzilla. I think that's what they're doing right now. Ah. Unlike Yuki, who wants just to shoot him with his blood coagulant. The Yuki special. The Yuki special. 
Stop yawning. The three things to take out of these Godzilla films. The Oxygen Destroyer, Space Titanium, and the Yuki Special. <laughs> it's like the it's three Yuki best things he's gave there. us. Yeah, see? I love how his gun is so tiny. It literally looks like Han Solo's pistol that he uses <clears> in Star Wars. Just this tiny little gun that packs a lot of punch. That's Yuki special, his small little thing that packs a ton of punch. <laughs> yeah, let's get that dirt bike going. Because dirt biking at Godzilla, that's real smart. I love, I know it's just because of the suit. It's not anything they intended to do. But when he roars or moves his head, his neck flab, well, it's where it's not stitched in. His neck moves. Uh, but it almost looks like he has loose skin. I kind of like it. <laughs> it adds like a little bit of like unintentional realism to him that makes him look more fleshed out, pun intended. He's so. going to have super sandy feet. No, he's going to have sand in his ass crack forever. Sounds awful. Yeah, so it's funny. They talk about a weak spot on Godzilla where he's going to shoot his Yuki special bullet. It's in his armpit. I'm like, <laughs> all those times in the past when the military was shooting him and they hit him all over, like you're telling me not once to hit him in the armpit. Do you know that if you were to get punched in the armpit hard enough, you'd shit yourself? That is, I wish, com true. It's completely false. I don't know, man. One, I've done it to somebody nothing happened and it has been debunked i believe on not MythBusters, but one of those similar channels well let me punch you in the armpit <laughs> and we will find this and we'll out. talk about it on the next episode Science. We'll find out. <laughs> so <laughs> lucas comes up so it worked <laughs> should have worn my brown pants <laughs> ew <laughs> How is he getting hit with that tear gas? He's so far away. I love how he puts on scuba goggles and thinks that's going to help. And now all of a sudden there's no pink smoke when he goes to aim. And he has no goggles on. <laughs> oh, never mind. That's a different character. I'm shitting on them for no reason. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> so they hit him with the transmitter. Now Miki's going to get all up in that Cerebro shit. Oh, there goes Yuki's special. He missed, though. Interesting fact. He says damn there in the English dub. He <laughs> says shit <laughs> in the real one. I like it. Shit. In the original. Shit. <laughs> oh, here we go. This guy just looks like he's up to no good already. All right, so here we go. Miki puts on Cerebro. Got to locate the mutants. <laughs> I, I wonder if they actually took reference from X-Men because X-Men was before this and they were like, yeah, something like that. And then they just made it look like Cerebro. I just picture Patrick Stewart wearing it. There you go. Uh, something about this guy just screams like James Bond villain. I'm telling you. I love the transmitter that's in him too. You know what it looks a lot like? It looks a lot like uh, in The Mummy, in The Mummy Returns, the 
the key they use to open the Book of the Dead. I love that thing. Also, I want the Book of the Dead, but that's not real. (laughs) No, (laughs) it is not. The Necronomicon is not real. That we know of. I was like, well, I mean, I have a copy of it, but not not like... It's the fictional one. Yes, exactly. Or I mean, like, yes, I mean, physically, I guess it's a thing, but not what I'm thinking The real Necronomicon written by the mad Arab Abdul Al-Hazred. Plus, like, I want it, like, bound in skin and shit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so you want, like, the Evil Dead Necronomicon. Yeah. Oh, no, that's the one I want. Oh, That's where I'm like... I, I don't have exactly the one I want. Fun fact for all y'all who uh, don't know, but uh, the Evil Dead movies for the Necronomicon, that was an idea taken from an early uh, Lovecraftian lore from H.P. Lovecraft back from the early 1900s. Um, and it was actually the book that was used to summon the ancient ones and the elder gods like Cthulhu and Azathoth and Yogg-Sothoth. So that's kind of where they got that idea because it was like the all-seeing book that you know caused madness and that was kind of why they called it the necronomicon and brought it into the evil dead sam raimi was a big fan so i thought that was really cool a little fun fact for those who might not know because easily the evil dead necronomicon is way more popular than its original base so because hell yeah evil dead we did uh and just in case you guys want we did do an evil dead bonus episode of the first film so you can go check that out and we'll definitely be tackling the second one, Army of the Darkness, and the remake eventually, too. Maybe we'll do that when Bruce Campbell comes up and does something again or when the show launches so we can please the gaping maw that is the YouTube algorithm, you know? So this is another really bad special effects scene. I think this is really the last bad one. So this was actually the last... <laughs> the asteroids are just gray <laughs> foam balls. And they're clearly just toys. But this was the last um, scene that was filmed. And they kind of ran out of budget. Which is why it is the way it is. I love that, like, Space Godzilla in this form just looks like he had a Goku Super Saiyan hairdo. And he just let it go from far away. It just looks like his spiky hair all over the place. Or that, like, if you dipped a, a turtle in, like, resin and, and crystal light. <laughs> <laughs> Super turtle. That'd be Gamera. Oh, can't wait till we get to those two. The flying turtle that knows no bounds. Yeah, I don't know. I like the idea that with Mogura, they're inside him. Like, kind of like the whole Power Ranger-esque, like, uh, Super Sentai kind of thing. But I am agreeing with you. I'm not a big fan of the design by any means. It's weird. Yeah, it's just It kind of looks like all of this looks like Power Rangers episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same with Space Godzilla. He doesn't look like a normal Godzilla kaiju. He looks like a, like, like a TV show kaiju, like for Ultraman or like Power Rangers. Like, that's what he looks like. A hundred percent. Oh, here we go. So Godzilla's mental strain is overpowering Miki's here. And this is how you know this guy's up to no good. Amplify the signal. And then he just puts it even farther up. And then fries Miki and just zaps her. How wooed. Could have just killed her. That was their only hope. 
All right, this guy's up to no good. Some doctor he is. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Which this is where we start to bleed into our third plot. You know, that's my issue. Like the Space Godzilla, there's like, they're trying to do Project T. You got the Yuki special plan. You've got the Mo team, the you know, Project M, Project Mogura. There's all these different ways that are going on. Like they should have just stuck with two. <laughs> and then not to complicate those all three things, there is one more plot that's going on too that gets tossed in for no Another reason. Another one? Yep. Yes. It's just a lot. <laughs> so this is the one cool thing and as much as this movie's kind of meh it does give us space godzilla and space godzilla has kind of really developed a cult following um after this film like he's been in a lot of comic books a lot of video games and he's kind of become a fan favorite villain like you know those villains that are so cool but they never got the right movie type deal yep that's kind of how people feel about space godzilla because his idea is so cool his design's rad the idea that he is just a stronger, more amped up, smarter version of Godzilla. Like, you know, he has the intelligence to create a plan to trap Godzilla. And like, he definitely uses more than just his brute strength to his advantage. Like he's smart. And I think that's what really separates him from the other Godzilla villains. Like we were talking about earlier, like he has intention. He's trying to take over the world. Like he has a plan. He's not just some monster unleashed, you know? They should have named him Stan. Stan? Yeah, because he's got a plan. Stan, he's got a plan. <laughs> Stan with the plan. Stan, Stan the man with Godzilla. the plan. Skirt, skirt. Just called him Stan Godzilla. Yeah, Stan. Godzilla Stan. Sounds like a country. <laughs> it does. Or like a theme park. Yeah, Godzilla Stan. In like Vietnam, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just some like Eastern country, maybe, or somewhere. Uh, yeah, like I don't East. know. Fuck, that's when it. I made, like, roller coaster parks, I called it, like, Joshville. So, like, I mean, that sounds way <laughs> better than mine. You know, like, yeah. I'm not creative, so, like, that sounds at least way better than my ideas. I, uh, it's funny, I have, uh, uh, I technically now have a niece, and I've got a nephew on the way, and I, I told both Woo! their parents, I'm like, I don't want to be called Uncle Lucas, I want to be called Goji. <laughs> that's what I want to be called. Up, Uncle Goji. And that's what they're going to call me. And I'm like, they're like, yeah, I like that. That's cute. I was like, yeah, it is. You can just call me Goji. <laughs> oh, you're a dork. I know. right? I, uh, I love the music for this one. A lot of people like, didn't like the score. But I really enjoy the space Godzilla theme, which we just got a little tinkle of there. That. There we go. Now we get to see Space Godzilla in his actual form, not his crystallite form. Um, now, there was a lot of issues with this suit. Obviously, there's a lot to it with the big shoulder spikes, and he's a lot thicker than Godzilla is. <laughs> so, you never really see Space Godzilla walking. He's kind of always levitating or, like, sliding, or you just see the top half. So, which I think totally was, like, the build into his character. You notice anything about his face? Looks like Godzilla, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, he looks exactly like Godzilla. But he's got uh, some extra fangs on the side of his face. They kind of come oh, out of the shit, side. Yeah. Um, if you recognize that, that's uh, a facial feature from Biolanti. Oh. 
So I was thinking of uh, that other Godzilla that you showed me of him just doing the damage where his mouth like unhinges. Oh, Shin Godzilla. That one. Yeah. Which, oh, such a good design. We'll get that eventually. That's a great design. Yes. 10 out of 10. But, uh, but that's what it made me think of because it like that one when it opens up its mouth, it has like, you know, teeth that kind of come out. Yeah. I-, I do love this design for Space Godzilla here. And you can tell here little Godzilla is trying to be like, hey, I recognize you. You're like my dad, kind of. Nobody. I would not trust this man. Uh, I like how to Space Godzilla raises the crystals out of the ground and he kind of like conducts energy from them, kind of like a Super Saiyan boost. And he can kind of like get stronger. And he kind of turns the whole world into like his own like palace by like raising these crystals. He's just this is like the uncle from the Lion King. Exactly. Like Scar. Scar, yes, that's it. Yep. I a hundred percent (laughs) agree. That's actually really funny. Um, but going back to his fangs on the side of his face, um, a lot of people might recognize that from Biolanti. Biolanti also had those fangs at the side of her head. And we'll dive into, I think they get into it about halfway through the film unnecessarily. It's totally unnecessary, but I hate the shoulders. They explain how Space Godzilla, I like the shoulders. (laughs) They kind of explain how Space Godzilla became what he is. And essentially, it's a combination of either Mothra flying up at the end of Battle for Earth and bringing the Godzilla cells into space and Biolanti cells when Godzilla defeated Biolanti and she kind of turned into the pollen and the spores and went up into space as well. Uh, Hmm. Essentially what happened is both those spores got sucked into a black hole and shot out the other side of the white hole and kind of formed space Godzilla. That's kind of what happened. So he's kind of this unnecessary abomination that was created by pure coincidence to bring the destruction of the universe. (laughs) Dope. (laughs) I love how even when Godzilla's going down, he still manages to do one strike on the way down. Like a diving gunshot. (laughs) He ain't going down without a fight. No, and I'm sure Space Godzilla knows that. That's for damn sure. Poor little Godzilla. He's like, don't you hurt my kid, bro. I'll mess you up. There's a lot of, like, beam blasting and, like, beam shooting and stuff in this one. Because look at Space Godzilla. He can't really move. So, of course, it's going to be a lot of, like, shooting each other back and forth. Oh, so here we go. So, here we get, like, Space Godzilla flying over top, shooting beams down. That's where Space Godzilla kind of has the upper hand, is he has telekinetic abilities. So, you're going to see him use it. And uh, we got to bring it up now before they do, so we can laugh about it. But those beams he's shooting out of his, uh, his horns and his mouth, they call that the Corona Beam. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> what perfect timing which was totally is funny with the whole that fall co- over covid coronavirus hitting right now uh, magic the gathering actually did a godzilla run of cards and there's a, a space godzilla card and they called it death corona and it came <laughs> out right as covid hit so they had to do oh, a reprint floating. and then they called them void beckoner instead which i thought was really funny i've got the original thank god but so here, this is where you get to the display of Space Godzilla having intelligence. Like, he's going to trap Godzilla's son and kind of hold him hostage to kind of, like, lure Godzilla where he wants him to go. Smart as hell. 
which we don't get from Godzilla villains often. You know, they're usually dumb as hell or lucky or just they overpower him with brute strength rather than intelligent because they know Godzilla is kind of like not the smartest cookie. <laughs> to say the least. Hmm. Exactly. Yuki, where's your Yuki special? Yuki special. Yeah. He's like, I think it's had enough of the bad day. He's not going to go at Godzilla anymore because he knows now that they need him. He's not that big of an idiot. I, I mean, he is, but <laughs> not as big as we thought. That's okay. I know in the last one, I believe it was the last one where we get Godzilla using his like pulse thing where he like kind of explodes from the inside and like blasts Mecha G. Yep. I think that happened at the last one. Um, which I just fucking love. I think we see that kind of make a comeback in this film where he kind of gets his new ability. But originally, uh, this the original creature before Space Godzilla was Astro Godzilla, and it was supposed to have like giant alien dragonflies with telepathic powers, which some of it was kind of you know brought over. Um, and originally they wanted to do a whole kind of Ghidorah where they call it Emperor Ghidorah and have it use like telekinetic beams and stuff like that. But unfortunately, there was a, a film Toho was also doing called Orochi, the Eight-Headed Dragon, which I would love yeah. to check out because that's one I actually haven't seen. Um, and it did not do well at the box office. It actually did really poorly. So they kind of shied away from that. And they also didn't want to have too many dragons overshadowing that movie because they wanted it to do well so they ended up going with this space godzilla idea anyway which i mean in the long run of things was great because orochi didn't do that great so it would have done worse if they had something better and two we got space godzilla which is arguably one of the biggest cult villains from godzilla that really gained a following after his film that people grew to love i find a lot of the times it's the one-off villains that are really popular like violante um Space Godzilla and uh, in the future films in Godzilla 2000. And I know me and Taylor talked a little about it. Uh, Orga. Those are like the three villains that only Elga? appear once that are good. Yeah. I mean, kind of. It's when he would call it Godzilla becomes a dentist. <laughs> Classic. Ooh, fly, fly away. Oh, excuse me. But I think this is the the film that has the most Godzilla suits in it. Because we get the... There's a brand new suit made for this one called the Moji Goji suit. There's the Battle Goji suit from versus Mothra that they used uh, for water scenes, I believe. And then they brought out the Rado Goji suit, uh, which were brought out for like um, water tank stunts as well. So this one actually had three Godzilla suits all in one movie that they used. Damn. Which is impressive because you don't notice the difference. And that's because these Godzilla suits all look so similar because I think they, in the Heisei series, they really hit the, the mark on how Godzilla is supposed to look. So they really didn't have to change much. Plus they're at the time where like their suit technology has gotten better, right? Like, they're not, like we were talking about earlier, they're not wearing concrete anymore and blankets, so it's not like you have to struggle as much. You make two Godzilla suits and make one slight altercation to, like, the face and the shoulders, you know what I mean? Like, there isn't too, too much. Yeah. They probably stopped with that one, and they were like, well, we'll just keep going with this one, you know, add the shoulder pieces and just went piece by piece. 
Exactly. Uh, see, this is where they kind of give you the explanation on how it could have happened. Either Biolanti or Mo- Godzilla's cells from Mothra. And it got swallowed by a black hole and spat out the other side by a white hole. No shit. That's what they just said. And some crazy evolution happened. Pew, 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 pew. That awful They're CGI. really just like reaching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they like they stuck their hand in a hole and just started grabbing whatever. And of all the the footage that was cut from this film, it seems to they cut like all the important scenes. Like there's I know there's this film kind of that happened there, the scene that was supposed to happen near the end where it was like an emotional scene where Godzilla was trying to like free little Godzilla from the cage and kind of explaining why Godzilla has to go after him to defeat him that we just missed. And it was cut from the film. So now we're just expected to believe he's like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill you anyway. (laughs) It's just crazy. Agreed. Stupid meetings. (laughs) Oh, pulled the fat card. (laughs) So originally, I know a lot of people blamed the rushed production of this film um, for its quality and what it was like. Um, And the reason it was rushed is because originally it was the American Godzilla adaptation um, that was meant to come out in 94, but it got delayed till 98. Obviously, that's when we got it. So they were kind of rushing it out to kind of get it out before that so it didn't get overshadowed by the other Godzilla film in the box office. So can you imagine if this was the last Godzilla film? Oh, oof. Yeah, I, I don't think people would be very happy with that. No, and I'm happy we get the next one. Like, I can truly say I've been waiting this entire podcast to do the next film, and there's no way I'm going to you know, hype it up too much because I could hype it up for days and it would still blow minds. It's it's that good of a film. Uh, I implore you all, if you're watching this podcast and haven't seen Godzilla versus Destroya, we're doing it next. Go watch it and tune in for this podcast because we're going to have tons of fun facts. We're going to have a great time doing it. And even if you're just the average Godzilla watcher, listener, definitely check out that film if you're going to check out any of the Heisei ones. The only film you really need to see is the first uh, Gojira movie, and you. I'm excited for the Shin ones. Oh yeah, like the Rewa, like yeah, they're they're all like. I just now I want to see that one because like you got me into that. Like that is just the design. I haven't seen anything else other than the design, and I'm in. I'm just (laughs) on that alone. That thing was beautiful. So in the next one, we we get a a really cool design of Godzilla and Godzilla versus Destroya too. Yeah, in my opinion underneath Godzilla Shin, like Shin Godzilla's design for how dangerous it is, but uh, it's pretty up to par with how destructive he can be. So I'm very excited for that. Plus, as someone who, like being you, who just watched all of these Godzilla films, Godzilla yeah. vs. Destroy is a very good cultivative film, bringing in everything that's happened and really setting the bar high as fuck for <laughs> films coming after it that I really don't think until Shin Godzilla we ever hit again. So, well, I guess we'll have to see on that one because I mean, yeah. you hyped up Biolanti, and I did enjoy that one. So that's yeah. where I'm like, we'll see. Yeah, Biolanti. If I was gonna say, if I was to say Godzilla versus Destroy is a hundred, like out of a hundred, Biolanti would be like a seventy-five. Okay, because like if I did really enjoy sense. that one. I liked the design, like the the overall movie was more dark and definitely up more my alley. But yeah, I liked that one. When I hear people talk about their favorite Godzilla films, whether it be a friend, a fan, or someone ranking it, 
one of the three are always in number one spot, and that's Gojira, the original, Shin Godzilla, or Godzilla versus Destroyer. It's always one of the three that are like the top, or they are the top three. <laughs> oh, dicks. It's They're easily like the final chapter. Oh, so here we get, remember, I was like, hey, there's that fourth super confusing, unnecessary plot point. Yep. That has no reason at all. That would be this. So you remember that crazy doctor who was pulling all that stupid shit? Yep. He was a spy for none other than the Yakuza. The G-Force. <laughs> so they're essentially just going to throw the the Japanese mafia, the Yakuza, into the storyline for absolutely no reason at all. This is the big flaw, in my opinion, in this film. I think it's very unnecessary. Because they go kidnap Miki, because obviously they want to use her to control Godzilla and have power over the rest of the country. Conquer the world, some might say. But why? That could have been a whole film on its own. It doesn't need to be in this film. I shoved way too many things in one movie. Yeah, because now, yeah, right? Because Project T failed. Yuki special failed. So what does Yuki do? Well, now he goes and he's flying Mogura and he's going to be on Project M. Okay, cool. So the new plan is Project M. They're going to beat Godzilla with Mogura. Oh, well, just kidding. Now the Yakuza is taking Mickey. <laughs> here we go. So here's that plot that comes back here. So this girl here, her brother was the one who went down in the building with the rocket launcher, our character from Biolanti. And that was Yuki's best friend. So he kind of wants revenge on that Godzilla for that reason, because he took ah. his best friend from him. So that's why he has the hate towards Godzilla and not little Godzilla. Because little now. Godzilla clearly didn't. There we go. So Miki's being brought to the Yakuza. I honestly think the only reason this was included is so they could have two things. One, some kind of cool shootout sequence so they can have guns and like James Bond-esque military shit that we kind of got introduced to in Biolanti. And I think the other half of it, as we'll see, is kind of getting to show what else Miki can do with her powers. That's it. <laughs> and I, I just, I think that could have been much more better done in its own movie. It didn't need to be in this film by any means. I just feel like it kind of halts the plot and it loses interest. Like when was the last time space Godzilla was mentioned? Like he's a top threat. He should be talked about right now, but instead we get these idiots going into a sewer to go rescue Miki for no reason. Cause some low lives want to take her and use her to conquer the world. That'll be pointless when space Godzilla is destroying it all. Yeah, that's fair. That's Rant fair. Over. <laughs> yeah, like I think Godzilla and space Godzilla don't even make physical contact till the end of the film. So here we see that this guy was up to no good the whole time. Hmm. Power! Why are you doing this? Power! Of course, power. Oh, that's silly. <laughs> so, according to a uh, little information you can always get, especially from a lot of the the little books and documentaries on the special effects teams who worked on this film, not necessarily like the Godzilla documentary or anything, but. There's lots of books on like their experiences in the special effects department. And a lot of them talk about the Heisei era because that was a really popular time for Godzilla. And um, an American actor, or <laughs> actor, the American director, Tim Burton, as we all know, 
um, told the authors over a book, a uh, bottle of sake, that this was his favorite Godzilla film. I I can see why it was Tim Burton's favorite because it's got a lot of weird outer worldly things going on and it's got like a lot of like creepy at, uh, aspects to it and it's got more complex stories and a lot going on and that's very Tim Burton. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like the whole idea of like using a thing to mind control Godzilla, that seems right up his alley. Well, like the next one would seem more like Ridley Scott or like Paul W.S. Anderson's favorite film with it being like super action packed with lots of like stakes, high stakes, lots of like ticking clock kind of moments. So it's interesting that he likes this one. Yeah, this is literally you and me. (laughs) That's me. And you're the ones like, come on, one more, one more, one more. I just got to win a doll for my young one. Really, it's just for you. <laughs> Reach behind the machine and uh, tighten the grip. Exactly. Exactly. See, he knows. He knows. Things are rigged. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, as well, this is, I know we've had the Godzilla heads kind of move in past films, but this is, I think this is the first suit where it was totally, the head was fitted with a motor. So it could completely move left to right. Side to side. <laughs> I don't want to go. <laughs> Same. Classic. Just take one of the machines with you. Buy one. I love to, as these movies go on, if you pause and look at the people running, they all have happy faces and they're all smiling. They're probably having a blast. Yeah, I know. I it's out in the corner. Because, yeah, right? They're all smiling because they're like, I'm in a Godzilla film. Yay. <laughs> Like, how could they not be mad? That's just funny. <laughs> That's actually just hilarious. So I, I did find out while doing some research while we were watching this too. Kensho uh, Yamashita, the director who did this film, besides Godzilla films and being the assistant director of terror of Mechagodzilla, he yeah. was mainly cited for doing romantic teen dramas. Hmm. I don't see any romance or teen drama in this film at all. So I I think maybe he was trying to get out of that genre. Good. Oh, here we go. Here's our gunfight. This is why this all happened. So we could get some action. I hope we're enjoying it. (laughs) I love how Yuki just looks like a straight up G. He's wearing like a black beanie with like this like baggy military coat. He just looks like he's about to rob a place. Maybe he is. Yeah, literally. But obviously the Yakuza are all fitted with like tuxedos and suits. Can't show their body suits. This is a funny scene here too. One of the Yakuza members hides behind Miki and she's on a stretcher and he literally flips her over and uses her as a human shield. (laughs) (laughs) No, we obviously know he's not. That's hilarious. So ready? All of this happened. All of this kidnapping all happened so they could just show you this next scene that's about to happen just to explain what Miki could do. This is it. This whole, what are we at? 25 minutes of extra story was just for this moment. Here we go. Oh, man, he is sweating. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, look at that earring. Oh, it's waving like crazy. That's dumb. Yeah. So... <laughs> Mickey raises the bed so he can shoot the guy behind it in the leg. So that was all done just to show that she has tele 
telekinesis powers. So not only can she communicate through her mind, but she can also move physical objects. That was dumb. Yep. And then it even dumber is the payoff here. Wait till this. This is funny. He's like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, I'd probably be asking the same thing. Not even going to not. Well, not even going to lie. <laughs> Telly what? <laughs> Teletubbies. I just never tried it before. Well, wow. Imagine that. Never tried it before. It does it on the first time when it's needed. How He's convenient. Lying. Really? She uses it all the time to get what she wants. Touche. <laughs> this guy's just having a seizure over here. <laughs> God, this movie is something else. But literally, like these past 25 minutes and like a little bit more, you can completely cut out of this film, drop the time to like an hour and 15 minutes, and it's a better film. We get this mad scientist. He's just fucked. How are we at now? Oh, we're sitting at least over halfway. Yes, we're at an hour. Crap. So there's 45 minutes left. Like we could have cut out most of that. You know what I mean? Why is this happening? Because you meddling with science beyond your comprehension, sir. That's why it's happening. So do you think it's a good idea to, to make Yuki pilot Mogura? I don't think he's the uh, order-following guy they would want in the lead position of piloting Mogura. Oh, most likely not. No. Now you can't even find Yugi. Already red flags all over the place. (laughs) So that being said, we're at about the time where it's ultimately fun to guess the Rotten Tomato score of this film. I'm, uh, I'm not surprised by the tomato meter which is the one we go by, I am surprised by the audience score. What do you think the percentage is for the tomato meter from critics for this film? 22. That's what I would assume. It's like 30s. It has a 57. And its audience score is 80. Wow. The the audience score for Godzilla vs. Biolanti is 72%. How this got an 80% is just stupid. I like all Godzilla movies as much as the next person. I can find something I appreciate, but I'm also realistic. And this movie is not an 80% score audience. So I imagine that 80%, a lot of it is from nostalgia or just from the creature design of Space Godzilla. Because the story is, you know, most of the time the story doesn't matter, but the story is just redundant in this one. Like, not only is it just silly, it's, it's just not necessary. It's just been dragging on. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, the first half of this film and the second half are good. And that's why I said, remember, I was like, in the middle, it kind of just gets lost. And it's like, why are we watching this? <laughs> I totally feel that. Like, I was inter- uh, like really into it. And then about halfway, I'm like, yeah, I'm bored now. Yeah. Now I'm kind of just watching because I'm like, all right, some good shit will happen eventually. Yeah. And, like, we're almost at the turnaround point here. Like, now that the Yakuza storyline's done with, it's really once Yuki hops in the Mogura where it kind of gets back on pace of what you thought the film was going to be. It, it, I think it definitely had a, a problem with conflicting writers and directors for sure. Cause it almost feels like the whole, you know, theatrical justice league scenario where Zack Snyder left halfway through and then Joss Whedon came in and directed it. And the film felt like it was directed by two directors yeah. and it had two different tones. That's exactly how this movie feels. 
So here we go. He's like, stop fooling around. Get your helmets on. Let's go. You're piloting the Mogura. Let's go. <laughs> and this is where the film kind of gets back on track. We're like, okay, this makes sense. They're doing a plan to stop what's going on. They're just not doing things for no reason. <laughs> like, There's a massive worldwide threat going on, and they're just running around chasing Miki for no reason. Like, I love Mickey Segusa as the next person, but... Do you? There you go. So here you get kind of that connection you see between the two of them. Like, he made a promise that she's going to redeem her brother's death. <laughs> I would have just left it. And then she gives him... She gives her his lighter that he's had all this time. So you can... That's like the kind of the nod saying, like, he doesn't care what happens to him. He's taking Godzilla down. He's going through with his promise but yeah like Miki Segus is good as the character who always sees the humility and like wants to do better things and when she's put in kind of this crisis scenario where the the guy she hates has to rescue her it almost ruins kind of her character development of her being kind of this like bringer of peace but even though the destructive people have to help her anyway it's like she should have never been put in that place in the first place you know I don't know <laughs> I know I sometimes I think into these Godzilla movies a little too much and don't just turn my brain off. Like a lot of them you have to do that with. Maybe that's kind of the same thing. Like Godzilla versus Mecha, uh, Megalon. I was like, you just have to turn your brain off and enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. I want to do that with this one too, but then there's so many interesting plots, but they just don't go anywhere. They just like, fizzle out and get boring. Like they should have totally just scrapped the Yuki special thing, scrapped the Yakuza thing, and actually just had Miki use Project T to try and control Godzilla. And then while Space Godzilla is fighting Godzilla, he like overpowered her and hurt her and she couldn't do it anymore. And then they had some kind of like, oh, maybe Miki won't make it type deal. And she's like out of commission. And then they resort to Mogura. That's how the story should have been. But I feel like they wanted to throw in all this pointless revenge story with the Yakuza. And it just kind of clouded up what was really good about this film that actually had things going for it. But this is cool. <laughs> Space Godzilla bringing up the, the huge crystal spikes in the city and making it into his lair. I think this is a really cool set. Like, that's a really cool set. And this is kind of, I mean, we're getting up to that, you know, getting into the last little chunk of the film here. So we're going to start seeing our final battle take place in that. And that just, that whole set just screams ending boss fight to me. Yeah. <laughs> g-force helicopter so here like that shot that's a biolanti shot all of this footage that's biolanti and godzilla versus biolanti this is where all the stock footage is used from yeah yeah i remember this scene and the boats looking super realistic rc boat yep i do like how they started using the the rc boats and helicopters in uh in the heisei series they just look a lot better than the strings, that's for sure. And the little miniature is just being tugged around. It gives them more of a, a grounded place. I'd have to agree. But, and that's pretty much the end of the stock footage there. Thank goodness. <laughs> oh, and here comes the Mogura. That's supposed to be going after Space Godzilla. But as soon as Yuki says, sees where Godzilla is, 
you know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to disobey a direct order and go right for him instead. As Yuki is the revenge guy. <sighs> Just so much unnecessary shit. <laughs> Not to mention, if Godzilla couldn't beat Space Godzilla, what makes you think Mogra is going to? You're going to need his help, bro. Help? What is help? Yeah. Ooh, the matte lines are really rough on that. They didn't match the filters right. That one's a little better. Rawr. Just push the shipping container over. Yeah. Fucking destroy it all. Usually, I don't like when they reuse things, but um, for Space Godzilla's roar, um, they do reuse a, an old roar. They actually, if you remember, you'll probably hear it when you hear him roar next time, but they actually just used Gigan's roar and they uh, they just pitched it down. Ah, so that's why it's like slower and like more lower in tone, but it's a lot similar to Gigan's cackle where he goes. <laughs> Almost sounds like snails down a chalkboard with a laser. <laughs> but that tuned down. <laughs> oh, here we go. So now that Godzilla's officially made landfall, he's heading right for space Godzilla, obviously. But as we talked about earlier, he's going to have trouble getting there because Yuki's going to mess it all up. <laughs> So, and this one does have a, I don't know if you noticed, this one has a lot more of a lighter feeling than the last film. Yeah. Like I thought the last one was a lot darker. Um, and the creative team targeted this one to a younger audience by making it more lighthearted because it had um, a release date scheduled around school break for its release. So they wanted to, I think that's even where um, the, the kid Godzilla design came in, right? Like why we're thinking it's so like, kiddish. yeah, I think that's where that came in real quick. Absolutely. They're like, yeah, we'll take advantage of the kids, get them to love this, and we'll uh, make a TV show out of it and target that at kids, too. Damn right. You notice how the there's the little note pad in the background that just says battle, and it's like LED lights. It's just flashing. Yeah. It, still looks like it says different ball. things. <laughs> there you go. So Yuki's whole revenge plot, completely pointless. Why? Because even when he went to take his revenge on Godzilla, they just knock him out anyway. All this could have been completely ignored. I don't know. I feel like the actor who played Yuki was really popular at the time. So they wanted to, he was like an action star. So they wanted to really give him like a badass kind of role where he kind of seemed rebellious, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm just spitballing there, but oh, oh, it's such a cool set. I love Space Godzilla's design, it's just <laughs> dope. I, I really do like the it. shoulders. Yeah, they look like giant like nipples, <laughs> like really pointy nipples. I'm just not a fan, man. Just doesn't look right. That's right. You might get your wish and see them obliterated later. So <laughs> he's like the Roy of this franchise. He's like the Roy of this franchise. <laughs> That's not Mogra. 
No, that's the that's that's space Godzilla. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Cause like the other dude doesn't even look like him. There we go. Now they're getting on him. So now Mogura's after knocking out Yuki, they're taking on Space Godzilla. Actually assisting Godzilla and destroying the actual threat. Yeah. I I feel like there's just a lot of non-contact fighting in this. Like Mogra uses a lot of laser beams. Space Godzilla doesn't really walk, uses beams and telekinesis. And Godzilla isn't around for a lot of the physical fighting. They're but this like is beams, man. Yeah, they, they like their beam battles. I, I get it. <laughs> as long as you get a beam lock, that's all that matters. When they lock beams, that's, that's the best shit right there. <laughs> I can't take it seriously. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I've never liked Mogura. It's just not my not my thing. There you go. Now you're fighting some power here. That's a pretty cool shot. Hell yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you did it? You just hit him once. It's like you took him out or anything. <laughs> So, yeah, I think it's probably all right to say that um, Space Godzilla is the first actual, like, villain, bad guy of the Heisei series. Because, you know, 1984, it was just Godzilla. Biolanti was kind of more of a creation made and, like, really was fighting against Godzilla. wasn't really destroying things for fun. And then we got Ghidorah, which was created by the Futurians, and then came back as Mecha King Ghidorah to take out Godzilla. Godzilla was once again the bad guy. And then we got uh, Mothra and Godzilla and Mothra Battle for Earth, where Batra and Mothra were kind of like fighting. But Batra wasn't coming out to destroy the world. And then Godzilla ended up becoming the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one, Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, obviously Godzilla again. So, like, this is the first time in the Heisei series we get a villain. Oh, that's a cool shot where Mogura just uses his nose drill just to drill into the side of Space Godzilla's neck. You can see, like, the blood fly out. That's a good shot. I imagine they would have to had windshield wipers on their screen there because they would have been covered in blood. Most likely, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Like, Mogra's got some cool weapons and shit, but uh, it's the design that throws me off. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like a like a Prey Mantis robot thing. Yeah. It could have been more rounded in certain spots and less pointy on the head. I think it would have looked a little better. Or just had them bring back the Super X. <laughs> Again. Because we got Super X1 and the Super X2. Where's our Super X3? Oh, and it, will, and it wins because, you know, will, third time's the charm. Yeah. You know what? You might be onto something there. And uh, I can't wait to see the Super X3. Oh, God. 
<laughs> it's real. It happens. But in a completely awesome way, unlike the the first Super X, which is my least favorite. Honestly, I just don't like it. Two was okay in Biolanti because it like reflected his beam blast back at him and shit. I thought that was a nice touch. All right, Yuki, you're awake now. You've been knocked out. It's up to you, bro. Everyone else is down. Oh, never mind. He's waking them back up with his annoying bitching voice. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I feel like Space Godzilla is just the definition of cool villain not used to their full potential because of the movie. That's just how I feel about it. Better get that main booster on soon. That boy, I mean, he doesn't really move fast because he can't really walk at all. Notice how they'll never show like a wide shot of Space Godzilla walking. Yeah. Because he literally can't walk. They probably just have him on like a little cart and they're sliding him across the ground. <laughs> I like it. Like a wheelie blades. cart, like those things from uh, gyms. Yep. And he'd crush your fingers. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yep. <laughs> I literally just like clenched my hand because like, my, I felt my hands hurt after you said that. Well, everyone's done it. <laughs> I just knew it. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would untie Yuki. You're gonna need him. You're gonna you need Yuki's special. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Never has, never will, never should. <laughs> oh yeah, fire that corona beam, baby. Here we go. This is when shit gets good. Oh, there we go. Physical contact. <laughs> That's a hug. They're literally hugging. <laughs> They're dancing. Hi. Maybe that's the other reason Godzilla versus Destroya does so well too, because what did it have to compete with? This movie. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> like even Godzilla versus Biolanti had to compete with 1984, which is the first time he was taken seriously. Oh, here we get some carry shit. Like, I like the design and everything, and I like the concept. Just this movie is not that good. No, no. And it's very w popularly known as the like black sheep or the, you know, the, the standout in a bad way of the Godzilla Heisei series. Hmm. Because if you really think about it, the series so far has been really good. 1984, good film. Godzilla versus Biolanti, great film. Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, super weird, but super fun film. Like it was a good time and it yeah. has Ghidorah. You battle of, um, Mothra and Godzilla battle for earth. Cool film. Great ending fight. Cool Batcher design. Mothra kind of gets more stakes in the series. Then we got Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. We got the new Mechagodzilla design. You get a better little Godzilla. You have tons of cool things coming on. You get the introduction of G-Force. Good film. Godzilla gets a new power. Then you get this. <laughs> watching you aren't this. wrong you aren't wrong it's kind of the the downgrade in a way so i wonder I like if this, this movie's well been going on forever yeah the pacing is bad and i think a lot of it has to do with the director 
you know, this is the only time he really directed a movie. And I feel like he really didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> just was not the best. Like, I know I feel for... like they shot so much footage and then they were just trying to put it all in. Yeah, that's kind of how it feels. And they were just making up plots as they went. Yeah, like they had all of it and they were like, man, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. And then when they went to put it all together, they were like, fuck, this doesn't fit to get it together. <laughs> we just kind of got to, you know, add each one and hopefully cut out half of it and then just, you know, go from there. Exactly. Like, and the reason, the main reason, um, um, Taco Akawara, who directed um, Godzilla versus Mothra in the Heisei series, he directed the last film. And he directs Godzilla versus Destroya as well. And he did those movies are great. Like he does a great job. Um, the reason he didn't direct this movie was because he was directing Orochi, the eight headed dragon. Uh, so again, it makes me want to watch that movie because in a ways that film didn't do well. And it fucked up a lot of potential greatness that could have been in the Godzilla series. So I want to see if it was worth it getting made. They really mess up all this stuff. Was it really worth it? <laughs> I bet you fucking Okawara was like, yeah, I dodged a bullet not doing this film. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, of course, it's building a nest of its crystals. There you go. See, there's another cool, this is another kind of cool thing about Mogura is like, kind of like in, um, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2, the last one we watched, they had the Garuda, which was the other thing that attached to Mechagodzilla and made it super Mechagodzilla. Yeah. This one can kind of separate into two forms as well, which is kind of like lazy because you're like, yeah, you just did that in the last film. But all this is cool. So all the crystals he picks up, he just hails down like giant spikes now at Godzilla. Manages not that to hit cool him. Concept. But it is cool. <laughs> you know, even though his aim is like a clone trooper. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There he gets a couple hits. Shoots them at him like bullets. Which, I mean, if you played Godzilla Saves the Earth, anyone who's watching, if you played the any of the Pipeworks Godzilla games, Space Godzilla is one of the cool standout characters because rather than just a button-mashing fighter, you actually have to make towers come up out of the ground that power you, and you can use them as weapons, and he's more of a defense character. So it was cool that they incorporated that this Godzilla was just made for video games and toys. I'm convinced. I'm okay with it. Because yeah, I like this design. It's one of the few Godzilla space Godzillas that <laughs> I don't have a figure of. So I would kind of like looks like a turkey. <laughs> like a flying robot. Primantis robot turkey mole. There you go. Mogoro stand is actually just a mole, a turkey, a robot, and a praying mantis fused together. What is this, Pokemon? <laughs> gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. In this movie's all, case, though, it's more like I gotta avoid them all. <laughs> Here we go. So here we get the Mogura transformation. Now it's a flying ship. Already looks cooler than Mogura did. And now the other half of it turns into a tank. So you get an air and a land vehicle now. So now we got like a three-way attack on Space Godzilla. Land, air, and Zilla. (laughs) 
Yeah, you better let them through. They're not there to cause issues. I love how, like, this is a restricted area. You can't go. But the guy, like, monitoring the boat's like, yeah, go ahead, take it. <laughs> I don't care. I'm getting paid either way. I like how he kind of has a shield to reflect Godzilla's blast. And, it, like, it's, like, the drawn-in kind of special effect of, like, crystals. And it comes up here. It's in front of him, like, a crystal shield. Like, that's a nice touch. Falcon to Mogira. Falcon to Mogira. Over. <laughs> you uh, call me Falcon. Instead of Nighthawk. Here we go. There we go. Finally, Mogira is used for what he was meant to do. He goes underground. About time. You're always talking about how good at digging holes this thing is, the whole movie. I don't see Shia LaBeouf anywhere, so I don't know what holes you're digging, but they're the wrong ones. I love that movie. I want to watch that now. It's a great film. I always forget that Sigourney Weaver is the like the warden. Yeah, yeah. I always forget that. I'm like, God damn, it was Sigourney too. Badass bitch. (laughs) There we go. I do like that classic. I feel like that was like coined by the Godzilla films that angle where it's like flying a cam straight. And then as it gets close to the monsters, it's like a first person cam of the jet and it kind of turns off to the side and pans and tilts. I like that shot. It's a really cool shot. They used it in my, to my knowledge, they used it first in Biolanti in the water scenes. And they kind of used it in every single Heisei movie since. I really enjoy it a lot. It's a cool shot. Kind of makes you feel like you're in the fight and also gives the monsters mass as well. Here we go. Emerges right into a building. Yeah, with all this stuff flying everywhere. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at one point, America did try to get a 3D Godzilla film off the ground. Uh, and even more ironically, um, as you remember, your favorite director, not uh, Yoshimitsu Bano, who did Godzilla <laughs> versus Hedera. Um, lately, like the Godzilla 2014 movie, the legendary one. So the good American remake. Um, originally, he was trying to pitch an idea to put a Godzilla short film in, in IMAX and make it 3D. And that was kind of what he was originally trying to get off the ground. But that eventually that kind of snowballed and turned into Godzilla 2014. So without wanting a 3D Godzilla, we would have never gotten the legendary monster verse, which I mean, I like it a lot. It's good. And I prefer these movies more. But without those films, Godzilla would not be nearly as popular as it is now. And a lot of listeners who might be listening right now may have never been introduced to Godzilla because that's like the main outlet for a lot of the newer generation of kids who don't know anything about Godzilla. <laughs> There's that pitch down Geigen roar. <laughs> like, ma'am, more hat peggots. Okay. <laughs> Just Godzilla Cartman. <laughs> Ma! 
Man, need my laser cannon. <laughs> I agree. Classic. Oh, I'm just, I'm so excited. See what I mean, though? That's my problem with this movie. I'm sitting here watching. I'm like, yeah, it's good. But all I'm thinking about is, wow, I can't wait till the next one. This is, <laughs> that, I think I nailed it perfectly when I was saying, like, it's, this movie is the definition of waiting online to be, get on a roller coaster at a theme park. This whole movie is just waiting in line. You know, they have some of the cool stuff while you're waiting in line to keep you entertained, like the water spraying or the TV or some kind of interactive thing while you're waiting in line. And then you just wait till you get to the roller coaster and then Destroya is the roller coaster. <laughs> That's just the way it is. And I don't mean to get you excited, but as you know, uh, one of Josh's favorite characters in the Godzilla series, um, Hito Harata, who plays uh, Eye Patch Man, Dr. Sirizawa in the uh, originals, in the very first one. And he played in many roles all the way through the movies as Eye Patch Man. He passed away in 1983-84 before the release of that film. But in some means, in some way, he is in the next film. Get excited. Wow. <laughs> You're just going to have to wait footage? and find out. But he plays a pretty important role in the next film. So, which just makes it that much better. Like, the next film is the perfect cultivation of everything we've seen coming up to this moment. Like, it, it's just a true love letter to Godzilla fans. And all the films it borrows from and kind of mimics are all movies that I grew up watching were part of my generation. So, like, I very much love everything they do in that movie. Like, if you're a fan of Godzilla, you're a fan I'm of really awesome monster movies, <laughs> you're a fan off. of the Eye Patch Man, and if you're I'm a in. fan of Alien, then you're going to love Godzilla vs. Destroya. Eye Patch Man. Exactly. Oh, here we go. Here we get a tag team. This shot often reminds me a lot of when... Uh, Godzilla and King Shizar fight Mechagodzilla from either side. Except for Space Godzilla can't turn around and take two at once with a spinning head because he's not that cool. So Mogra just stands there and, and bees useless while Godzilla kicks his ass. <laughs> oh, some of these close-up shots like this really make me sick too. I hate it when they do this. I understand though they couldn't move Space Godzilla as much, but here we Just go, Mogra. Hover. Help your buddy out. Do, 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 your do, sign do. says battle there. <laughs> Listen to it. Battle. He's biting him. Battle. Yep. Spiral grenade missiles. There's a name. Remember how you said you hate those shoulder spikes? Yep. Your wish is granted, sir. Boom. Good. Blows one of them up. Um, Damn. Now they just unload. Once you see it, it's almost like a they that's a no-brainer. Like whenever you fight a boss in a video game, you always shoot the glowing bright spots. That's like the weak spot. <laughs> oh, there goes their left arm completely off. He's pissed now. Ah. And there goes the other side. 
man, Space Godzilla gets his ass kicked by one of the lamest fucking <laughs> mechas in the series. Well, I mean, he's kind of sacrificing his life, right? So, like, yeah, I guess it's supposed to be like that ultimate, like, last, you know, ditch effort. Yes, exactly. Now their sign says danger, danger, <laughs> not battling, not battled. Yes, danger, very much danger. Run away. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned, but I, I like that scene when they whipped him. That Space Godzilla literally took the huge spike on his tail and just impaled Mogura and whipped him. I love that using his tail as a spear. That's dope. I love it when the creatures use their tails more as a weapon than it just be an unnecessary appendage just for, you know, creature design. I always appreciate that. Like how Godzilla uses his tail to hit things and destroy buildings. Because in the first couple of movies, it was like, well, why does he have it? <laughs> And you're like, oh, that's why. Because he uses it four movies later. Waste. I will say one thing, though. The sets inside Mogra here look great. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Like the, the button systems, dun, all dun, the mechanics. Dun, like, dun. it looks good. Mm, mm, I think where they this movie fails is its CGI and certain practical effects just don't work. That's the only things. Uh, I like how he's going to take him out with a rocket launcher, just like uh, our other character in Biolanti took out Godzilla or tried to with the rocket launcher. I'm drawing a blank on his name now. I got to figure out what that character's name was because he was awesome. He's like the one guy to talk shit to Godzilla. It was awesome. <laughs> in the English version, you know, he was like, stick to smoking. And then oh, yeah. in the Japanese version, he's like saying that, like, you know, like, it's much better to take it anally than orally, essentially. <laughs> and his character's name was... I'm going to kick myself as soon as I see him. Be like, oh, duh, it was him. Oh, Goro, Goro Gondo. That's it. How I could not remember that, I don't know. It's an easy name to remember. Goro Gondo is the character. Which is really cool. We actually get to see him one more time in uh, our one guest we had, Taylor, in his favorite movie, Godzilla Tokyo SOS. He plays the political commentator. Oh, okay. So he'll make a cool surprise cameo as a different character. Um, Unfortunately, another Godzilla actor who is no longer with us. He passed away in 2008. Damn shame. It's okay, because you know who's still kicking? Our man in the Godzilla suit right now, Kenpachiro Satsuma. The one, the only, the living legend. Uh, unfortunately, we lost Nakajima in 2017, 2018, I believe. R.I.P. This is our original Godzilla, the one who started it all. The man, the legend, who pretty much, in my eyes, yes, Tanaka and Ishiro Honda like invented Godzilla and did the design, but I don't think it would have ever been what it was if you didn't have someone like Nakajima willing to put in the effort to be in the Godzilla suit and actually make it what it was. Oh, a thousand percent. Because like he totally perfected the whole movement of Godzilla and made him what he was today. Definitely. And uh, yeah, it was 2017, August 7th, 2017, when Nakajima passed away. God, that man's awesome. I... I implore you, I challenge you, anyone who's listening, find me a picture of Haru Nakajima where he isn't smiling. It's impossible. 
That man was oh, one of the happiest people. Like, it's just impossible. Like, just a, a list of all the creatures he's played as a kind of a throwback. He played Mogura in The Mysterians, so the original Mogura. He played Godzilla, Invisible Man, Akita. He played the Mega Nulon, uh, Rodan. So the Mega Nulon and Rodan in Rodan. Rodan. He played Varen, which we'll get to. That's another Toho movie. He played the Mothra Larva, Maguma, Mentagono, Baragon, King Kong, and King Kong Escapes. He played Griffin, um, the Gyra, the Giant Rat, Batman, and Gazora. And those are just like, and then he has numerous other bit parts he's done. Crazy. That's just all like the notable roles, right? That's so. a lot of roles. Yeah. I love how space Godzilla's at this point. Like, you're like, you're done for, bro. Just lay down and take it. You got no spikes. Godzilla's kicking your ass. You're done for, bro. Oh. That blow is intense. He just like completely obliterated his upper shoulder and collarbone. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta rescue Yuki. So yeah, we're we're polishing down in like I'd say 10 minutes left. So we're we're getting we're getting there. We're getting there. So uh I mean now that we're getting to the end, Josh, how do you feel about this movie? What do you think? Meh. Yeah, it's meh, right? Okay, definitely so like, not up to Well, like you were saying though, like if you if you took out like half hour of this movie, that was unnecessary. Like if we literally cut the first part and then end, entered into the second part, I would have been still into it. I, I got bored a while ago. Just not yeah. even gonna lie on that one. Uh and just even I nail... like the fight scene, but I just I got bored. I'm over it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just to further prove that, even as someone who watches Godzilla a lot, like obviously me. Uh, to prep for this move, uh, this episode, I watched this movie, like tried to get through it at least once. I ended up sitting down like four or five times because I just couldn't get through the whole film in one sitting. So I just didn't want to watch it. That is myself hard to focus on one thing. So it's like when they fight, I'm like, yeah, this is good. And then the other parts, I'm like, I don't really care. About this is this. the perfect and pivotal example of what I would show someone who's going to film school about a great what plot, do? a great idea, great actors, great creature design, great story, bad director. What a director really does to a movie. Because, you know, everyone's like, oh, a director just sits there and tells people what to do. Yeah, but there's a reason they tell people to because they know what they're doing. If you don't know what they're doing, this is what you end up with. Like, you've got great people, great money, a great studio, a great story, great setup. But because the direction was pointed in the wrong way, you lose your pacing of the film. You get bored. Not a lot of things line up and make sense. You just don't aren't as interested because it does it lacks a feeling or like a stereotype or an idea. It's just messy, you know. So I yeah. totally agree with you. It's all over the place. That's so it's it's been one that's harder to keep my attention. That's for damn sure. Yeah. So and like like we were talking earlier, like we'll get to it. The next one's so good. So often, like I get to Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla when I'm doing a watch through of the Heisei's series, and I'm just like. Ah, well, the next one doesn't really matter story-wise, so I'm just going to skip the Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just how I feel. Like, yes, the ending, like, Godzilla versus Destroyer kind of takes place right after this film, like, almost identically after. But what happens at the end is kind of recapped. You don't really need to watch this movie. Because a lot of the plot 
for this film didn't even go anywhere, let alone to the next film. So. Oh, here we go. Here's that pulse blast. You can see it building up inside. Yeah, where his beam goes red. Yeah, buddy. Just blows Mogura up, blows Space Godzilla up. Godzilla is the king here, okay? Leave no one alive. See, this is the cool part of the film, where Godzilla just unloads and just literally becomes a terrorizing force. Boom! Look at that explosion. That's awesome shit. And now you see all the particles that were kind of like on Mothra and Biolanti falling everywhere, proving that that was what created it. So much glitter. Oh, tons of glitter. I've oh. been that would have been the most annoying thing about this entire movie. <laughs> Cleaning it all up. Oh, yeah. There we go. Space Godzilla. I mean, technically, he's no more, but he's floating up into space just like Biolanti did in the others. So there is a chance for him to come back. Toho, if you're listening, you want to do something smart, bring Space Godzilla back and don't do a shitty movie. <laughs> Oof. Because he's what saved. Yeah, literally, he saved this movie with his cool creature design. And his cool ideas. I couldn't imagine being like, can you imagine being a person who doesn't usually watch Godzilla films? And this was the first one you saw. Don't. That's rough. I feel I mean, really still, bad for you. Still better than Son of Godzilla, though. Yeah, well, true. Yeah. This was the second last Heisei movie I ever got to see. Next time you show someone that has never watched a Godzilla movie, show them Son of Godzilla first. Yeah, or even worse, uh, Godzilla's Revenge, like we did with yeah, poor Moses. Exactly. Yep. Hunter, one of our guests for that podcast. I feel like he got the better end of the stick, though, because we had to watch it basically twice. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> at least it's a funny one, though, at least, right? Like, oh, this yeah. Movie isn't like, even funny. It's just tons bleh. of laughs, but it's like, if you were going to say like an actual good movie, I wouldn't say Son of Godzilla. No. But no. it was hilarious. That so, you are a thousand percent correct. So far, you would say, like, including Godzilla 1984 with like the sea lice and like Godzilla being, you know, with the Cybot Godzilla and all the other ones we watched, this is probably the worst of the Heisei series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I also agree with that. I, I think the majority of the Godzilla fan, pay, uh, fan base thinks that as well. Though, according not to the Rotten Tomatoes audience score, 80%, that it baffles me. Because then, you know, like we were talking about, like, Biolanti has a 72% audience score. Um, even, let's drive it even farther, okay? Godzilla and Mothra, the Battle of Earth, the one we watched with Taylor. Yep. 60% audience score. No, nah, that one was way better. Right? And this one has an 80%. Blows my like, mind. I feel like it's just because it's catering to, like, kids, us, like all yeah. around and then you're adding like 15 fucking characters 15 storylines so you're just like am i watching like three movies at once because basically that's what i'm watching <laughs> but then you know we take a little slide over to the next film audience score 94 percent rotten tomato score the big one zero zero 100 certified tomato fresh man if i hate this next movie i'm gonna be so bummed you're not bro it's amazing guarantee you it's like impossible to hate <laughs> while we're winding down the end here i don't like how yuki survives i think it would have been a good ending if yuki didn't survive and his and he sacrificed and he was with his Godzilla. best friend again exactly yeah, exactly yeah. 
it's cheesy, but it would have would have at least had one end to a story. Yeah. So that was here like we go. good, I guess. Here's the uh, here's the comments of different critics who rated Godzilla at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Here's some of the comments they provided just to get people hyped up for our next podcast here. The movie that proved that even extinction wasn't enough to stop the King of the Monsters. The film has a, um, a Halkion quality. It's great. A Godzilla movie of particular grandeur and seriousness. Yeah. Wow. It may be the most action-packed film in the whole series. It begins with the king ripping through Hong Kong and does not stop for a breath until the credits roll. I like that. All right. There we go. That's what you got to get stoked. The only negative one I can find is there's a little too much time spent riffing on aliens and starship troopers, but the finale is haunting and even poetic as these things go. But I like aliens and I like starship troopers, so I'm down for it. <laughs> That's the only negative review you can find about that goddamn movie. <laughs> that Godzilla's just gonna go nap again. Yep. So it's important to realize though that he just used that pulse beam and like really used all of those, you know, he like overheated his body essentially to like max proportion. Hey, that and then hurt. she just magically takes the thing out of Godzilla. <laughs> so was Miki controlling Godzilla the whole time? Dun, dun, dun. Like, I don't think so. So many missed opportunity. Guys, this film, it's the definition of a messy missed opportunity. It's still a decent Godzilla film, but it's not a good Heisei Godzilla film. Now nah, I'd put it on the naysay. <laughs> yeah, you know the Heisei? Well, this is the naysay movie. <laughs> That's right. And like I said, between Mechagodzilla's big rebound and big comeback in the series, and it's this movie sandwiched between that and the next film, this film just, just gets lost. <laughs> Which, like we said, is a damn shame because Space Godzilla is a really sick character. <laughs> you know, so he just stands there Blah. and pretends to shoot him. And see, now Yuki is kind of stuck in the middle. Like he never got what he wanted. He should have been the one to go. I'm just, I'm just saying. It would have been a lot better. With his best friend. Yep. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Continuity. Error. Mm-hmm. I don't know, is it? Oh, see? And now he's going to end up hooking up with his best friend's sister. I like it. <laughs> Take me with you. That's me. <laughs> That's our comic relief character from the whole film who didn't provide enough comic relief. He could have, but they didn't give him enough screen time. Like he was funny in the beginning, you know, like, what are we digging these holes for? What are we doing here? It's hot. If we had the Mogura, we could have just had it dig holes. Like he's almost like saying what we're thinking the whole time. Yep. <laughs> and this guy was supposed to be the romantic counterpart to Mickey Sagusa. And it just never works because he's not that lovable of a character. He's really forgettable. Like, he did nothing this whole movie. <laughs> what a turd. Yeah. Shut up. Go right? Away. Little Godzilla can just fuck right off. But in the next film, obviously now I can spoil it because you know he survives. 
he's called Godzilla Jr. <laughs> and man, is he way more badass in the next film. And this one may break your heart because he's cute. But in the next one, he'll break your heart in many other ways. Trust, he's a fucking force to be reckoned with. There we go. <laughs> and then we end with our walk along the beach and our nice somber song ending. Uh, I forgot to mention, but the only difference between the American version and this one, which is why I didn't mention it, is they just cut the ending credits. <laughs> That's the only difference. So North America's like, yeah, fuck you. We're not crediting anybody for this movie. This already took too fucking long. <laughs> so there we go. Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Not the most loved, not the worst, but definitely nothing to shout home about. No. But it did give us birth to one of the coolest creature designs, in my opinion. I really enjoy Space Godzilla. I think he's a cool idea. Um, just not used that well. Definitely Looks like not. if uh, Godzilla was a football player. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking all I thought of when he said football was, hey, Arnold, football head. Football. That's funny. Alrighty, guys. Well, that pretty much concludes the 23rd episode of the Killer Kaiju podcast. Um, chances are, if you check this out, but honestly, if I were me, I would have just waited for Godzilla versus Destroyer. <laughs> just unless you really want to make fun of this film with us, then I totally get it. Because <laughs> there was really nothing to shoot home about about this film besides the cool creature design, the dope poster artwork, as always, for the Heisei films, and uh, maybe the funny comedic elements like Yuki's special, which will forever go down in history as one of the funniest things named in these movies. <laughs> but as always folks Super thank awkward. you so much for tuning in uh if you have any other fun facts about the film that we didn't mention feel free to leave them below in the comments on youtube or uh you can add us at twitter at killer kaiju cast or email us personally especially if you'd like to be a guest on the show um you just reach out to us at killer kaiju podcast at gmail.com uh, you can always hit us up there or just send us a personal message on any of our social medias uh we hope you guys enjoyed this and you're definitely going to want to be here for the next two films because we are doing Godzilla versus Destroya for our next Godzilla film, which is arguably one of the best in the entire Godzilla franchise. And also we are doing Friday the 13th, part seven, a new yes. blood. Carrie versus Jason. I am excited. <laughs> it's going to be a good time until then, folks. Thank you so much for supporting us. If you are on YouTube, uh, it would mean the world to us just to drop a like and subscribe for any future content. And it really helps uh, all the other Godzilla fans and other fans of the franchise see our content. And we can't wait to see you next time. Thank you guys. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.